Welcome to the RodeoKids.com podcast. I am your host, Camry Widmer, and today I am excited to have our guest, Lindsay West. We listened to her dad talk about the Three Hills Rodeo Company and risking it to get the biscuit, Dave Moorhead, a few episodes ago. Definitely go back and check out that one. And now we have Lindsay, who has taken the lessons that she learned from growing up in a rodeo family and the rodeo lifestyle and turning them into amazing business opportunities. And she's become quite the entrepreneur. She is a huge motivation in my life. Anytime I see anything she posts on social media or has something to say, she's the kind of person that I listen to because I see her as a role model, as somebody who aspires to do big things and constantly pushes towards it while also maintaining happiness and joy in her life with her family, her friends, her goals, and everything that she does. So she has a lot to offer and a lot of experience about overcoming things that are scary, how to get to the next level, and taking the lessons out of the everyday things that we learn and applying them to life. So without further ado, we welcome Lindsay West. Welcome to the RodeoKids.com podcast, where we empower youth to be their best selves through the values and traditions of the rodeo and Western lifestyle. As we get rolling with today's podcast, I just want to take a minute to remind everyone that at RodeoKids.com, our goal is to empower youth to be the best versions of themselves, both inside and outside of the arena. In order to do that, we do need support, so we have created the Support Us page on RodeoKids.com where we are accepting donations and sponsorships for our Continuing Education Fund. Funds for this will be used to send kids to clinics and lessons and to continue creating and providing these opportunities like the podcast and the Rodeo Kids monthly Zooms with professionals and world champions and business leaders throughout the industry, as well as scholarships and all kinds of cool things that we do on rodeokids.com. So if you have it in your heart and you have the ability to support us, we would absolutely love that. You can also support us by sharing with your friends on social media, share the podcast, give us comments, and make sure to keep interacting because you are the reason that we get to keep growing and we are here all for you. We do not do this for ourselves. We do this for the industry and to see it grow because we love this way of life and we want to see it continue for generations to come. You can find all of that on the rodeokids.com backslash support page. Welcome to the Rodeo Kids podcast. Thanks for having me. I'm excited for this. I'm excited to hear like I know about you, obviously I've known you my whole life, but just to hear it more in depth and from your perception and perspective is so what it's been like growing up in a rodeo family. Oh yes. Lots of, lots of things to tell for sure. Yeah. Well, let's just dive in and I'm just going to let you tell the story and who you are and how you are involved in the rodeo world. Sure. I am Lindsay West. Uh, my family is Three Hills Rodeo, world's toughest rodeo. I've grown up in the industry my entire life. Um, and now I am lucky enough to be able to have my own family and, and kind of share that experience with them. So I, I still am involved in the rodeo world with my family, definitely a, a family affair. And I don't see that changing 
anytime soon. Yeah, because Luke's involved in it too, your husband. Yep. So he's a pickup man. He was a bareback rider um, in high school, college. He was a PRCA bareback rider. And then obviously, you know, the, the longevity of that is a little shorter than most. So um, he got the opportunity to start picking up and he loves it. Um, he, he loves it probably more than I, I mean, I love it, but he is like, has the FOMO. If he, he just tore his bicep and was out for about six weeks and, um, and he was kind of miserable when, when we were going and he wasn't so. <laughs> well, that's definitely. good. Yeah. At least you know, he likes it. Yes, for so sure. What was it like growing up in, in a family that produces rodeos? It was awesome. Um, I, I, maybe I didn't realize it as a, as a child, I just did it because that's what we did, but we, we traveled everywhere. Um, we got to see a lot of places and more importantly, I guess we probably got to meet a lot of amazing people like yourself. Um, I know your family and, and my family have crossed paths through the world's toughest rodeo, mm -hmm. um, years that your mom worked there. And I don't know, it's just been a, it's probably the thing that has molded me and kind of sparked my interest in just doing my own thing and, and becoming an entrepreneur and like realizing that there are more creative ways to make a living. And, um, I, I give all the glory of that to my dad and my mom, because they've instilled that in, into me at a very young age. So yeah, now I'm, I'm just super excited that we're still going and that now I get to you know, share that with my kids and let them be involved. And it, it's just kind of come full circle. Yeah. What are some of the most important lessons that you think you've learned in rodeo that have transferred to your life now? Um, I obviously it's hard work. Um, my family is, is that's a very important thing. Um, like we were talking a minute ago with your mom, yeah. you know, even when we were kids, you were, you had a job. Like you might've been on light duty, but you had a job to do. And even when I was, when we were in junior high, even, I don't know about grade school, but probably junior high, high school, like our whole crew was basically kids. Now, looking back now, I'm like, Ooh, that might've been a little bit dangerous, but, <laughs> but we did everything. We packed panels. We um, hung flanks. We ran the out gate. We set up, tore down. Um, then as we got a little older, you know, now I'm, I've been involved in sort of the marketing aspect of that and doing maybe some of the more womanly duties like timing and secretary. But, um, I think one of the biggest things again is hard work. I think just being open to and being willing to learn new things and try new things. Um, and then kind of, you know, taking the, the lessons from those around you and kind of surrounding yourself with influential people and, and making sure that you're kind of soaking up the lessons that they're teaching you maybe without even knowing it, I guess. Yeah. I remember as a kid, like I grew up very similar to you and like my dad always wanted a boy and he didn't get one. So I kind of got treated like a boy, but I also got to go along everywhere with my parents. Like I, if they were 
going out to hang out with friends. I usually didn't have a babysitter. I mean, I go over to grandma's house or something like that from time to time, but I spent so much time going to rodeos with them, even when they weren't working for the world stuff, it's going to pro rodeos. And then during the weekends, if they were at home, like just going out, hanging out with them, like I was there. And I, to this day, credit so much of what I learned as a child, like some people say, just like you, you know, older souls, just more experienced and stuff. But when you spend that much time around adults and you hear their stories of the things that they've done or the thing, or you watch them do things, you get to figure out maybe what you should and shouldn't do a little earlier in life. <laughs> yes, for sure. For sure. Yeah. And big difference. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, there was one boy, my brother, and then three girls. So it didn't really matter. I mean, I guess maybe we, we got a little bit had kind of double duty because we had to do all the things my brother did. I mean, we did Mm -hmm. chores, we packed panels, we did all those things. And then we had to do the other things too, like, you know, housework and yeah. (laughs) And so I was like, he kind of got the best of both worlds times three, because he had a boy, but he also had three girls that worked like men. Right. <laughs> and still yeah. had to do the other things too. So you bet. That's very valuable in life though. Like as it transfers over, like just like you, you know, I look back and I think about like I'm glad that my dad taught me how to change my oil and change my tires and expected me to step up into those roles and those positions. Because then when you grow up and you're an adult, like we are trying to be entrepreneurs and do our own thing and and still make a difference in the world, like we know how to work and you get the confidence to be able to do it. And if you don't, if you're coddled, maybe coddled isn't the right word, but if you are put into a position like society seems to deem women, then you don't think that you're nearly as capable of the things as you are. Yeah. And even with late, he's my, my 14, he's 14, almost 15 year old, um, stepson, you know, I feel like it's my duty to make sure that he is able to do those other things too, that aren't generally, you know, man things like washing dishes and picking up after himself and how to treat women and you know all those things too yes. so he doesn't always love to do them but I'm like nobody likes to clean the house like it has to be done <laughs> yeah. but Not because you we need do to it. you need to know how to do those things too so he's he's a pretty good cook and and he he generally speaking does what he's asked and you know is okay with, with learning those things too. So, well, when I was at the clinic a couple of weeks ago, I was thoroughly impressed. He was kind, he was polite. And you could tell just, you know, when we're standing there in front of a group of kids and it's cold and they've never met me in their life. And it's like, you're talking to them and it's crickets at first, you know, Laith was the one who was like answering all the questions. And so you can tell that he's got the confidence in being cultured and around so many people and, you know, in your family and in the role that you guys are in, it's like, when somebody talks, you're expected to talk back and you can definitely tell that he's confident in that. And he was polite. And I was, I was very impressed with him. I thought he did a great job. Yeah. I think, you know, just what we were talking about too, as far as like trying new things. I mean, when I told him we were doing a, a breakaway and goat tying clinic, he was like, Lindsay, those are for girls. And I was like, no, they're skills that you need to learn and that you will be grateful that you did learn. And, and he came into it kind of like just going along with it because I was making him. Mm -hmm. And now he's like last night, him and Lane were out roping the dummy. Like now he's ready to, yeah, he, I think he was pleasantly surprised and 
he was right in there and, and she was right in there and, and, you know, wanting to learn and try new things. And now he thinks he wants to be a roper. So, wow, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, we're getting him involved. That's good. Yeah. We do um, Thursday night practice nights right now at the house. And there's a group of about 10 kids that come depending on the week. And we do barrels and poles or we do a drill and then we have a little message. And then in the evening after that, we do breakaway and goat tying and stuff. Well, a lot of these girls are still green. None of them come from a rodeo family at all. And so they all want to do the barrels and the poles, you know, cause they can do that everywhere. But as we're stepping into the roping and the goat tying part of it, same deal. They're like, I'm not going to do that, you know, but as they've gotten into it, it's like, Hey, even if it's not something that you go on with. This is an opportunity for you to learn, a, build a better relationship with your horse, put your horse in a specific place and work on that kind of stuff and, and work on your coordination and your skills. And so um, when they do that and they change their mindset, it's been really funny to see how they've had that shift. Like, oh, I wasn't going to do this. And I'm like, hey, can I borrow a goat string? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and that was the same with life too. I said, you know, this is going, it's not, you don't have to be a goat tire or breakaway roper, but it will help improve your, you know, horsemanship skills. And, and it, and it has, I've seen him come full circle with his, with his horsemanship and, and lane too. I feel like, you know, you get him around other people mm-hmm. that are doing the things and learning and you see their abilities. And I think kids naturally want to kind of step up their own game. Oh yeah. Um, I, I see that, especially with Lane, because she's, she's, she'll be eight tomorrow actually, but oh, she's wow. always been kind of probably my most timid child, which is crazy to say that I have a timid child, but <laughs> she, she's not timid in some things, but like that kind of thing. She's mm-hmm. always just been a little more, you know, shy and, and about and kind of hesitant. So, but when I notice, and I know every time that she's in a situation where she's around other kids, especially the older kids, she's like, I'm going to do that. You know? Yeah. So I've, I mean, she, she, she was riding the big horse, getting off on the goat, you know, getting yeah. off her horse. I mean, and I had just, a trot. And yeah. not scared. Like I can do it by myself. She told me, she's like, you don't have to stand by me anymore. I can do it by myself this time. Yeah. But, I think, it, it's, yeah. but I think it's important to put them in situations that are uncomfortable to help them grow their confidence and, you know, kind of get that, um, competitiveness. I mean, mm-hmm. they're not going to ever get, have that competitive nature. If you always have them in comfortable situations, by themselves. I think putting them in front of other kids that are, you know, a little better than they are Mm -hmm. makes them want to strive to be better and learn. So, yeah, well, and that's the same as us as adults. We are who we surround ourselves with and in business and rodeo and whatever you're doing, if you're the best in the world, you know, you're in your circle, you're not going to get any better. And you have to be uncomfortable and be willing to suck. That's been a theme lately over the last month or so is just like being willing to suck and putting intentionally putting yourself in uncomfortable situations so that you can grow. Because if you're comfortable all the time, you're never growing. Yeah. And I know my dad always says like, um, you know, it's not who, you know, it's what, you know, or not what, you know, it's who, you know, and, and not just who, you know, but what you learn from those people around you. So I, I'm a firm believer in that. And I feel like I, you know, levitate more towards or gravitate more towards those people that I can learn from instead of people that, you know, 
that are not doing the things. Right. And yeah, definitely need to get uncomfortable. I know I, I've recently got pretty uncomfortable when I was, you yeah. know, unwillingly, uh, summoned, <laughs> summoned. Yes. That's a good word. Basically told that I was going to be doing the interviews for the cowboy channel. And I was like, at first I was like, no, I am not doing that. No way. And my mom, you know, her and Roger were like, well, you go live on Facebook. I'm like, yeah, that's different because if I am horrible, I can, you know, delete it. But I'm like, yeah. this is live on the and you spot. Can rehearse it and you can have bullet points and <laughs> yes, I'm like, this is so different, but I did it because I have a hard time telling either of them no. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I feel like people, that's kind of the, the glory of surrounding yourself with those people, because sometimes they see things, you know, in you that you don't necessarily see and, and have an ability to pull those things out of you. So um, it's actually been really kind of fun. Good. And after, I mean, I'm not going to say I wasn't terrified yeah. My first one, partly because I was kind of thrown to the wolves and they're like, yep, here you go. You're doing this. So I was, <laughs> you know, frantically trying to think of questions and I'm sure I was shaking like a leaf when I went out there at first, but now it's kind of fun and I, I look forward to it and yeah. Yeah. Hopefully well, I, I just get somebody that talks on the other side. <laughs> right. Yeah. Some of those cowboys are uh, not full of words. Laughing yes. a little in yes. that department. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. I even think about like when I started doing these podcasts and I used to have it all structured out and I'd have all these questions and it was like really candid and I'd send the questions off to the person beforehand. And like, I did research and all of this stuff. And like, then I would say, um, all the time. And I couldn't focus on the conversation because I was worried about the next question I was going to ask. And like, I, I was terrible at first and I'd have to go through and delete. I did a lot of like I'd make this little clicking noise all the time. And I didn't realize I did it until I had to go delete a hundred of them in every podcast. And then it was funny because I'd go from one nervous tick or word or um or ah to another one. And I catch myself still doing that after I've done almost a hundred podcasts now, but uh, you just get more comfortable with it and you realize like, it's just a conversation and just let her flow. But until you put yourself in that uncomfortable situation, you never know. Yes. And I feel like the, the more you do things, the better you get. I know when I first um, started my, the business that I'm in right now, like I, I had to go live on Facebook and I was like, I, I watched actually the, the first time I did um, a couple days ago and I had sunglasses on. And I, <laughs> I mean, I looked, I was like, cause my, my uncle used to have a band and I would sing with him on occasion. And he always, we always wore sunglasses because he said, you know, got sunglasses on nobody could you know it was like the thing like picturing everybody in your underwear and I was like yeah that didn't really work (laughs) when I when it came down to it and I thought oh my gosh so just seeing where I started two years ago doing that in the comfort level that I have I mean it's not like I I still get a little bit nervous but it's not like a scary petrified nervous it's just you know you want to make sure you get your point across and that kind of thing, but yeah, it's been night and day, but that's because I've continuously got uncomfortable and did it. And, and even experiences like the interviewing on the cowboy channel, I just feel like the more you put yourself out there and the more you put yourself in those situations, the easier it gets. And I feel like that's probably with everything. It's just practice. Yeah, you bet. So you've been in, let me write this down real quick. 
Um, you've been obviously involved in this your entire life. What are some of the, the changes that you've seen in the world's toughest rodeo from when it started to now? And how did they get there? Like, what did it take for it to grow into this amazing, exciting production that people attend year after year after year after year? Like every year it comes to Cedar Rapids or Des Moines. Like I have friends who have no ties to rodeo except going to the world's toughest rodeo and they continue to go back and they look forward to it every year. I think that, I mean, that all obviously started with Steve Gander in his vision for just something totally out of the box, something mm -hmm. that nobody else was doing. And I, I mean, I, I know that my parents had learned a lot of valuable lessons from him and, and have tried to carry that on. And, and his name is still in regular conversation as we're, you know, you have to evolve and you have to get creative because nobody wants to see the same old thing over and over. Mm -hmm. So I think just being willing to try new things and, you know, get outside of the box and kind of put yourself in the fans shoes and kind of, you know, thinking about things that would be exciting to them and, and always making sure you have do a little better than you did before and, and have, you know, something different every year, mm -hmm. obviously is can be a challenge. Um, and even making sure that you are not just getting complacent and just doing, doing the same old thing, because that's happened before. And then we kind of are like, all right, we've kind of been skating along here doing this for a while. We need to kind of step up our game. And, and my mom is probably the one that is always really pushing for creative things. I mean, we have, we've, we've gone, you know, we've had light shows, we've had different, you know, it's always the, the opening always needs to be cool yeah. and pyrotechnics. And yeah. So that. that has really evolved. Um, this year we have lasers. Um, so it's always just keeping your mind open to new things. And, um, my dad isn't always on board, but he does, <laughs> he eventually, he eventually gives in and, and lets her do the thing. And, and he'll even admit like, if she wasn't there pushing, you know, she's yeah, always yeah. looking for new rodeos and new opportunities and new places to go. So she's, she's probably the, the brains. <laughs> yeah, a little more riskier than old Dave, maybe. Yeah. In I his mean, own I words, you got to risk it to get the biscuit. <laughs> That's right. I need to remind him of that um, in those yeah. situations, because yeah, I think just trying to, you know, be a little bit, little bit better than you were before and yeah. just give people new experiences. And, and even with like the pre-show um, that, which that's been around a little bit, but that kind of happened out of, we went to um, the Ringling Brothers circus yeah, and they had a pre-show and my mom was like, well, we need to have, a, this is a genius idea, you know? So taking ideas out of completely different situations and yeah. experiences and kind of molding them into your own. Cause I think that was like a, something that we could offer that, you know, if you go to a base or a basketball game or any other sporting event, or, you know, they never really get to meet the stars and they don't get to right. go behind the scenes. And I think like thinking outside of the box and trying to figure out what people excites them. And I think like giving them experiences like that, where they can come back behind the shoots and see the animals and, you know, see how well cared for they are. And they can 
shake hands and you know get their picture and high five the cowboys and the cowgirls and the entertainers and you know sit on a ball like have those experiences so yeah Yeah. it's definitely if you live in a city which most of your stuff is in the middle of a downtown large city and so most of these people have never seen a ginormous bull, let alone a bucking bull. It's got, you know, the big old hump and the long horns and all of that. And yeah. to be able to see that and experience it. And like you said, and your dad and I kind of talked about on his podcast, you know, what that does for their mentality as the next person comes and says, oh, those animals are so abused. It gives them an opportunity to say, no, we went and saw them. There's not a mark on them. You know, they're, yeah. they were calm. They were quiet. They were well taken care of. They were in a pen together and they weren't beating each other up. Like everything was fine at this rodeo and we got to watch it and see it with our own eyes. Makes a huge difference. Yeah. And even we've done, started doing a lot of like actual, like more in-depth behind the scenes tours with some larger groups. Yeah. Um, a lot of those are kids. So being able to actually like hold up a flank and show them exactly, you know, tell them how it works and, and really explain to them that, you know, if we don't take care of our animals, we can't be here doing this, you know, that that's part of our, um, our living. And, you know, if you, if you want to keep that going, you have to take care of your livestock and, and just really explaining to them the, the behind the scenes and how things are taken care of and, and even how, we get to and from places. I mean, people just have no clue. So yeah. being able to educate people, especially young people, hopefully that just turns over and, and helps create a, a more educated uh, yeah. society, I guess, because it's really hard to compete with, you know, you've got the commercials on TV with the sad animals and, you know, it's like, yeah, you know, they just, people are just don't know what they don't know. So uneducated. Yes. Yes. We're doing our rodeo kids ambassador and our pony pro, um, team zooms this, this weekend, actually. So it's kind of a spoiler alert, spoiler alert to any of them who listen to this as to what the topic is, but it's going to be all about educating, um, people who are outside of rodeo, who don't know what it is, educating them about it in a way that helps them understand just like what we're talking about, that kind of stuff, um, that they're not tortured and that they're not tormented or anything like that. And that they are well taken care of because so many people just don't know. And kind of like you said earlier, from a producer's standpoint, you have to look at it from the fan's point of view. And I think sometimes as contestants and cowboys and cowgirls who grew up in it, we don't take the time to go sit in the stands and see what's happening from maybe a more naive or uneducated point of view, because there are things that don't look good if you don't know what's happening or why it's happening. And so for all of us who love it, we need to put ourselves in that position, take a step back, don't get defensive about it, but say, Hey, like, okay, I see why you think that like, it's not about coming at somebody. It's just saying, like, I get it. Like, I see what you're saying, but here's some facts. Here's some statistics. Here's some things that, um, this is why we do it. This is where it came from. This is the history. Like that's the kind of stuff that's going to keep this sport alive and growing. Yes, absolutely. 
Yeah. Cool. I love all that stuff. I'm, I'm a junkie for that kind of stuff. And I hope that I really hope that as people watch your production and what three Hills is doing with the pre-show and the efforts that you're taking to one, expand the entertainment value of it, but also educate people at the same time. Like to me, that's something that Houston and San Antonio and our local amateur rodeos, like there is no reason that when we're sitting around all afternoon after the arena is all set up, that we can't make that happen. And I love, I didn't realize you guys did the tours outside of just the pre-show. So that's really cool too. Yeah. And again, the crew doesn't always, you know, cause you kind of want some downtime. They don't always love to do them too, but it kind of puts them in a, in a position too, where of authority and, and, you know, where they can kind of put their own two cents in and, and yeah. they, it may be a little bit, un, they don't all, all love to speak publicly, but it, we usually position people in, in their own area of expertise so they can really explain that. But yeah, it's been really cool. And um, I think the fans really love it too. So yeah, yeah. Well, mm-hmm. let's shift and talk a little bit about how all this has transferred into what you're doing now outside of what you're all still doing for the rodeo. Yes. So um, obviously I've grown up in an entrepreneurial family. I don't know that my dad has ever really had like a real job. And I, I know you can attest to this too, because Air quotes, um, I feel like, job. <laughs> yeah, yeah, nobody can see my quotes. I keep forgetting that, but, um, but I think that I've always loved that. And that's always been something that I've, I've wanted. Um, now, obviously I've, I've had an abundance of careers and jobs throughout my life. And I've always been open to different opportunities and experiences because of that. And, you know, although all of those were jobs, I really learned a valuable lesson, you know, and experiences and tools to bring me to where I am today. And, Mm -hmm. you know, even I did what everybody did or what most people do, they go to college or what society tells you to do, you know, you go to college you get a job and then you work tirelessly for someone else's benefit for the rest of your life. Yeah. <laughs> Living somebody else's dream. <clears throat> yeah. So, I mean, from the, from the minute that I entered the workforce, I feel like I've always been like looking for my way out. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've always, I've always had that entrepreneurial spirit. Um, it was, I guess you could say it was bred into me. I mean, I was like making bracelet you know I did even as a kid I was always trying to figure out creative things but um for me I guess and as as an adult and how this has sort of transpired is it's really never been about all about I shouldn't say obviously a little bit of, of it is about money but it's not really been about money for me it's been about the freedom for me because mm-hmm. I was so lucky to grow up in that environment where you know, obviously we were in school. So, you know, when we got to that age, you had to kind of play with that a little bit and get creative, but, um, being able to see my parents have that flexibility to, to come and go as they please and do the things that they want to do without having to ask permission and, mm-hmm. um, all of that stuff. And then, you know, really having the freedom to grow however big you want to grow yeah. without having to worry about, you know, a the 1% raise that everybody gets, no matter how hard you work. So, um, that freedom, I've always been just really driven by that. And I knew that, you know, 
that was never going to come. The, the kind of freedom that I wanted was never right. going to come from working for someone else. I mean, not to say that working for someone else doesn't have its value because it obviously, you know, it right. does because you learn from yeah. those things, but. And some um, people love the structure and need the structure. And that's what yeah. they, that's what they grew up with. That's what they want. Like, there's definitely the place for that. And we need people who do that, but obviously but yes. just like <laughs> you and I, I mean, my dad was an entrepreneur. He owns his own business. My mom had a candy factory in the basement. She had a Cajun festival in Iowa. She did. I mean, she's done so many different things. And when you grow up with that, it's like, nope, that is not who I was bred to be. <laughs> yes. Yes. And I'm the same way. And again, I, you know, I understand the need for that. I, you know, to each right. their own, I'm, I'm grateful that we have people out there that are willing to do those things. Cause again, obviously we need people to do things like that, but for myself, I just, that wasn't for me. And I, I knew that that wasn't for me. And I knew yeah. that, you know, in order to create that life style or the lifestyle that I wanted um, for myself, for my, my future family, even like I needed to kind of step up my game and kind of be willing to take the risks to put myself in front of opportunities to, to surround myself with people that I could learn from, um, you know, to just learn about myself and be more self-aware and just grow. So mm -hmm. that's kind of how I ended up in the entrepreneurial world. Yeah. And it's been working for you. Yes. It's been wonderful. Um, I, it, for those of you who don't know, I guess I am in network marketing. I work for, work with a company called Amare Global and it's a, it's a supplement company, but it's, it's all about, um, mental wellness, which for me, I've always been like a personal development kind of junkie. And I know mm -hmm. you're the same. Like yep. I love, I love <laughs> learning about myself. Um, but until I, I joined this company about two years ago, um, I've always known that, that, that would be a good industry for me because I, with the flexibility and stuff like that. Um, but aligning myself with a company that, you know, kept your mindset and your, you know, it wasn't just about losing what, you know, yeah, a dollar. And it wasn't about just getting physically fit, obviously get, you know, being physically your best is important too, but being mentally your best and surrounding yourself with leaders and people that really help focus on your mindset. That mm -hmm. has where the, the big shift has come into play for me, because again, I'd already always been, you know, into personal development, but I never really dug in. Mm -hmm. And until I, you know, we have mindset calls and, and things like that. So I've, I've just seen myself make a complete 180 with my mindset. And I just feel like that in itself has taken me, gotten me to the successes right. that I've been able to get to because, you know, and I, not like I, I didn't have the work ethic and the skills and the not, you know, that type of stuff. But if you don't, you can be as great, whether you're in the rodeo world or in a professional world, you know, you can be as, as skilled as anybody, but if your mindset is crap, yeah. then you're probably, that's going to be your, your cat, you know, it's going to limit you. Yeah. Yeah. So being able to kind of be around a group of people that really encourage you to dig deeper and, you know, really learn about the things that hold you back about, you know, positive self-talk and mm -hmm. 
all the like manifesting. I mean, some of that sounds like a little bit of smoke and mirrors sometimes, but I, I feel like I'm living proof that it's not because it, it's just been a, a complete turnaround for me. And I know that that mindset work and the leadership and just the integrity of that company has got me where I am today. Yeah. Well, and I think with that, some people call it manifesting and like, I, I don't really care how it's used. Some people say it's, it's what you're praying for, you know, it's yep. thing that that's coming to fruition, which in the Bible, it tells us ask and you shall receive. It doesn't say yes. when you're going to receive it, yes. but it says that you will receive it in one way or another. Um, and yeah, some people like the, the manifestation part of it. It just depends on how you perceive it and how you, uh, but, you know, I think about like the companies that I have, the performance pony company and now rodeo kids and, you know, rodeo kids came from an idea after being at the, the South point one night at the NFR talking to different people in the industry. And like, I didn't have a plan for rodeo kids, but I, all of a sudden it was bam, there it was. But then when I wrote down everything that I saw in what I felt like it should be, you know, in, in two and a half years from the very idea to where we're at now, like that's all just been, it's all written on a piece. My business plan is on a piece of notebook paper. And, but I saw what I wanted that night. I saw what I needed to see. I saw whatever God needed me to see. And just working towards that, even though not really knowing how I'm going to get there. Um, but just knowing that this is the end goal. This is the vision. And like you said, even planning for your future family, you know, there's things, I don't have a family at this point in time, but as I see things falling into place, I'm like, yeah, but it's manifesting what I want for when I get there. Yes. And I, and I think that's what it's all about is being open to, you know, you have a greater vision for your life. Mm -hmm. You gotta, I can't remember. I don't know what the saying goes. I'm really bad with sayings, but basically you, you have the vision Mm -hmm. of where you see your life going. You can't be married to how you're going to get there. And you have to be open to experiences that are going to, you know, experiences are going to shape that along the way. So I think as long as you, you know, you have your vision, you know, and you know, you're going to get there. You're not sure how, yeah. but you're just open to different ideas, just like rodeo kids. Like yep. you didn't know that that was going to be part of your path, nope. but you were open to it and you saw an opportunity and you started. And I think the cool part about that. And, and I think with anything is, you know, you didn't have a perfect plan, right? Like I still you just, right. I, I think <laughs> it's just all it. about yeah. Taking imperfect action. Yeah. Like you have to just go and be willing to kind of learn along the way and not, you know, I feel like people get so caught up in like stuck, like cemented in the ground and because they don't have all the answers and mm-hmm. they're like, well, I can't go forward because I don't know. You know, it's like, you just have to go forward yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and be willing to fail because if you don't fail, you know, you're not going to learn. Yep. And so you have to be willing to fail at things. I've failed at many a thing, oh, but yeah. I know that every, every failure that I've had has led me to the bigger picture. So, yeah, my mom and I look back at some of the things that she's gotten into or that I've gotten into, like we drove all the way out to Salt Lake city one time and set up a booth and stuff. And we were working with Tommy Joe and did this big giveaway. We bought plane tickets for a family to come out to the rodeo and all of this kind of stuff. And we got there. And I think I sold like two things in the whole time. 
Salt Lake City is like 17 to 18 hours from here. Like it's a long trip. And it's like, yes. yeah, that sucked. But you know, two weeks later we had to turn around and go to another show and hope that it's better. And we learned where there are ponies and where there are not. <laughs> yes. Yes. But even yes. with as just kind of along the same lines, you know, even the performance pony company wasn't something I ever, I didn't graduate call. I graduated college thinking I would have a nine to five job, kind of similar path to you. I just never got the job. Um, <laughs> I interviewed for them and I, I got a couple of them. I just never accepted. Um, but my plan, you know, my purpose, and I know not everybody is fortunate enough or I, sometimes I think we get too analytical too about, Oh, this, whatever this purpose is, I'm just supposed to know it and grasp it. And same thing that we're talking about that plan, but it's like, I know that God put me on this earth to help children and to do it through the rodeo world. Those are two things that I love to do. The youth rodeo horsemanship, that kind of stuff. Now the rest of it, that's just whatever comes my way, but being willing to do it, but it's, it hasn't been being married to like, Oh, I'm going to help kids with ponies. No, that just came like, that was an opportunity that I saw. And that was one way that I could do my purpose. And um, I think like, you know, you like wellness, you like people, it gives you that flexibility and the things that you love to do, which is help people and grow and be creative and stuff. That's who you are. Well, now you're finding how to fill those things. Yeah. And I think if you, if you, as long as whatever you're doing kind of fills your bucket and Mm -hmm. has those core values for me, like if it doesn't bring me, I mean, I'm not saying that I've never done anything that has not aligned with these, but I've never stuck with them. Right. So like, if it doesn't bring me joy, if it's, if I'm not doing it out of integrity, if it, you know, it doesn't bring me peace of mind and I can't do it authentically, then I'm not going to do it. And, and I, and I made the mistake of, of doing those things before. And I think as I get older, I'm going to be 41 next weekend. Um, <laughs> So, but as I get coming older, up in three weeks, yes, good, good month for birthdays. <laughs> but as I get older, you know, the, the older I get, the more valuable those lessons um, become, and mm-hmm. the more valuable my time and my energy and what I'm putting, you know, my efforts towards become. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm again, I'm not saying that you're never you, you're never going to do anything that isn't fun or doesn't align with everything, but as you get older and as you learn those experiences and, you know, kind of come into your own and, and really hone in because part of your life is about learning what those values are for you. Mm -hmm. So, you know, once you identify those, you can kind of weed out things that, and, and really decide how you want to spend your time and and who you want to spend your time with and what you want to do with your life. So I think as long as you kind of start thinking about what's important to you and um, how you want to live your life, you can kind of start aligning your goals to that and your path to that, just like you found the performance pony company and the rodeo kids. Like it just things, if you, if you, I know we talked a little bit about like the manifest, like if you think about it, you know, and you think about good things and you think about all the things you want, they're going to come your way. Mm-hmm. If you think that they're never going to happen and you're just going to be working for some of your whole life and you're miserable and all like, then, th- then that's, what's going to come to you. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. How do you think? So a lot of the people who listen to this are younger kids and stuff. And so they are not ready to step into a career, but they do have big goals of rodeo and gold buckles and all of that. How do you think that this conversation transfers to 
kids who are wanting to be super competitive in rodeo? Well, I think a lot of the lessons that you and I have learned and have found to be successful in life in general um, do transfer. I mean, again, the putting yourself in situations that you are, you know, able to learn from putting yourself around people that you're able to learn from, you know, you're not gonna, if you want to make the NFR or, you know, the college finals or the high school finals or the junior finals, whatever it is, like you want to surround yourself with people that have done that or are doing that, or, you know, are better than you. You don't want to, you don't want to be the best one in the room. You know what I mean? So I think putting yourself in situations that you are able to learn, I think, you know, being open to opportunities and trying new things, just like Lath with the breakaway and the goat tying, like mm-hmm. you never know those skills, just because they're not your exact skills and the thing that you want to do, doesn't mean that they can't help those things too. Yeah. Yeah. And I think too, if you can find a way to make rodeo, your passion beyond the buckle, it's not about the prize. It's about the journey and about the people that you impact and the people that impact you. And that's what it's about. Like go after those goals wholeheartedly by all means, but don't be so focused on that, that you, like you were talking about the things that make you happy, you know, that what, what are you looking for at a rodeo? What do you want to feel like? Not just what do you want to get in receive? What's the, it's not about the physical object. It's about the way of being. Yeah. And I think, you know, we're older and we can tell kids this and that they don't know. It doesn't always sink in. And I've been there before too. Um, but I think like knowing being older, like you see, I, especially being in the the industry, my whole life, like I've seen eras of, you know, Mm -hmm. kids come and go. And then there's an, always another one that comes behind them. But, um, I think just really enjoying the experience because you ask any cowboy or cowgirl, like at the end of their career, when they, when they kind of hang it up, like what they miss the most, it's usually not the rodeo. It's the people mm-hmm. and the, the atmosphere and the, just the fun part of it and, and doing things that you love with people that you love, like just enjoy, obviously, yes, you want to be successful and, and do your best and try hard. But again, I mean, there's, most people don't know a lot of the people that went to the NFR 10 years ago, you know, it's not about, it's not about getting that name and getting the gold buckle and whatever it's. And, and even those people, I mean, I'm sure you can ask them and they, what they miss the most. And it's not winning, you know, winning Cheyenne. It's, I miss my friends. I miss the atmosphere and the community of people Mm -hmm. traveling to the rodeo and all the stories. And yeah, they don't tell about the gold buckle. They tell about all the stories and the times they broke down and all the things that went wrong. And that's that's where your stories come from and stuff. Yeah. And I think most of those people, I mean, they, a lot of times it comes later in the, in the rodeo career, but Mm -hmm. at a certain point, you kind of are like, I need to be able to do, you know, there's going to be life beyond my rodeo career. Yeah. So what can I learn along the way? What skills can I learn? You know, a lot of people, there's still a lot of really neat opportunities in the rodeo world without yeah. being competing in them. I mean, um, this weekend late, the cowboy channel was there yeah. and, uh, they were short a camera operator and late who's almost 15, jumped right in and, and took that. I'm like, who knows, you know, 
you never know what, what skills you learn along the way. I think as long as you're just open to learning new things, you just never know what, you know, at the end of your rodeo career, what that could look like for you. Yeah, you bet. That's awesome. Um, so you're a mom, you have four kids and you are doing this business. You are doing the laundry. You are going to rodeos. Like life's crazy. If you, if anybody follows her on Facebook or Instagram, (laughs) like, you know, like it's nuts around there. Do you like, is there a balance? Is it just keep moving forward or like for the moms out there who are doing this, what, how do you do it? Well, I think, you know, being able to have success in a business, in your family, like balance. I don't know that there's, if that's even a real world, real word. Um, I think, but I do think you can be successful in all those areas and kind of find balance ish. Yeah. (laughs) Um, but again, you can prioritize. Yes. I, and, and that's something that I've really, really learned over these last two years, just again, by, you know, leveling up my, in my mindset and my mental wellness and even my physical wellness, like I'm 41, like, you know, I've kind of every year that I have a birthday since I've been in my thirties, I feel like I'm like, okay, you know, I don't want to be old and not be able to chase my kids around. Like I just take those opportunities to try to keep bettering myself and, Mm -hmm. um, being okay with, you know, I, at the end of the day, I, 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 one of my affirmations is I do my best every day and that's good enough for me. Yeah. Like if I know that I've done my best, then that's, that's all I can do. And I think just kind of getting your, yourself, telling yourself those things and and really just trying to do the best that you can. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, two years ago, I was a little bit of a mess, especially when, and I'm sure any mom that's listening to this, you know, when you're trying to, you have a career and you have a family and your kids are in school and you have rodeos and now you have extra laundry because you just came home from a rodeo and you're trying to make, I mean, there is a lot of things to juggle. And I kind of got to the point, even with like, we're gone a lot in the summer too. And, um, it was kind of taking the joy out of it for me a little bit. Like I was so run down. I was not in a good headspace. My, you know, I just, I was not in a good place. So it was like, at the end of the day, like I loved rodeo. I knew I loved it, but some days I was like, why are we, you know, this is not fun. So Mm -hmm. I think um, for me, I came to a point where I was like, all right, I know I need some help here. And, and I think it's, especially for moms, like ask for help and seek it where you need it. So for me, I I just knew I needed more energy. I needed all the things, you know, I I just needed a level up in my health. And, um, that's part of where Amari came into that situation with just getting my mental and physical wellness in a, in a good place where I could handle the stress and I had the energy and I had the mood and the motivation and I was being more productive and focused all the things. But I think just finding out where you're, where you're lacking, what you can take out that is not bringing you joy is wasting your time and what you can, you know, farm out or ask for help and then asking for it. Yeah. What was the first step? What was the first thing that you did when you like, when you were at that moment and you were like, okay, something's got to change. Like, what was the next thing that you did? I found somebody that I knew that 
had made the change before me and figured okay. out what they were doing and asked questions and started doing what they were doing. Yeah. <laughs> really. I mean, that was, yeah. that was essentially in, in a short version. I mean, I, I had kind of a friend of mine had been sharing very similar life experiences and I was like, yeah, yep, yep, yep. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, and like for the moms and dads who are listening, like they're more than welcome to reach out to you. And I think too, like for me, when I was in high school, I remember getting so overwhelmed and kind of having that same, same moment. Like I'd hit, hit the bottom and it was time for something to change. I had too much on my plate. I told my dad, I hated him one night and I've never hated my dad. Like told him I hated him, slammed the door, went out. I was like, this can't continue. Like, I don't want to be this person. And for me, I started by reading a book. Um, and my mom gave me a book called you can be happy no matter what. And it just kind of helps you get rid of some of the perceptions and perspectives that we have of ourselves in the world. Um, but I think that there's lots of kids who get overwhelmed and stuff too, that could reach out to you about what you're doing because you've experienced it and stuff and be able to, to kind of help them and put them on a path through Mari or whatever it is to help them out. Yeah. Well, and I think, you know, I kind of got to a point and my kids are getting a little bit older where they're, they're paying close attention. And mm -hmm. I thought, you know, how can I set an example? Like they do, your kids do what you do. So I was like, and I could see that in them, you know, where it's rodeo day and Luke and I are arguing, you know, who packed the bags and whatever, like throwing yeah. crap around. And it's like, it's, it's like a high stress situation and, and everybody's crying, you know, it's like, you're trying to shove everybody everywhere. And it just was not even at the rodeos. I mean, it just was felt like everybody was a little bit on edge and it took the fun out of it. And I thought, this is not the experience that I want them to yeah. have. This is not the experience that I want to have. And again, I could see that stress and the anxiety, yeah. like pouring the off chaos. into my kids. And so I just kind of felt like, you know, if I couldn't get myself in a better place, then, then they weren't going to be able to get themselves in a better place. And, and I know that they're watching mm -hmm. what I'm doing and what, you know, they, they, again, they do what you do. They learn what you learn. They become who you are. And I was like, I wasn't liking the person that I was becoming. And I wanted to make sure to, to set a better example for them. And I mean, I think especially in this day and age too, with everything with COVID and places being shut down and, and just the stress that kids now are under on top of it. And then like social pressure from social media and mm -hmm. like, we never had that when I was a kid, you didn't know what Susie was doing for her birthday because <laughs> you didn't, you didn't, you know what I mean? Like, Let alone I the feel filters like and the Right. And you didn't know what kind of, you know, everybody it's like, who's wearing the coolest outfit to the rodeo and who has the fanciest yeah. horse trick, you know, Pinterest to go, no. what kind of outfit should we wear tonight? <laughs> yeah. When I used to go to the NFR, there was no fashion posse. I mean, it was like, <laughs> well, I hope I'm on trend this year, you know, <laughs> but I mean, I, but I feel like that's coming younger and young, you know, mm -hmm. that pressure is happening younger and younger. And I think people like, even not to say that people weren't competitive when I was in, even in high school rodeo, but it wasn't to the level I think that it is now in that pressure. Like people right. are like, 
getting their kids involved in sports and things earlier and earlier, which I'm not opposed to getting your kids involved, but it's, it sometimes can turn into pressure on your kids and instead of the fun. Well, the pressure is not just in the arena or on the field or on the court anymore. It's everybody's posting their videos of how good their kids did on social media. So you're taking it and you're not, it's not even just at that one place. It's, Oh, we went to Oklahoma and everybody back home didn't, you know, you're like, well, why didn't I get to go? And so then there's that pressure to, even when the moment's over, it's lingering for however long. Yeah. But I, and again, I mean, I'm not promoting or anything like that, but I feel like kids need the same support in their mental wellness and their, you know, like what you're feeding them, like it matters, not letting them be on social media 24 hours a day. It matters. Like if they need, if they're stressed out, like figure out, find a solution. I mean, Mm -hmm. we do have kids products and I love that. And I don't push that on people, but they, they also feel whatever stress you feel they're probably feeling too. So I think just paying attention to that and making sure that, you know, at the end of the day, it's fun for everybody. Mm -hmm. And if it's not fix it. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and like, I mean, I've clearly seen that those products were great for you and I'm not, I'm, I don't take them because I'm at a point in my life that I eat spinach in my smoothie every day. I can juice celery. I can do all that kind of stuff and get that nutrition that we need to feel our best. But if you are in a position where you're going, going, going all the time and you don't have time to cook all these elaborate meals that have all of the vitamins and minerals and salts and everything that you need, then you're going to need some extra help. And there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Well, we are winding down to the last five minutes. Um, are there any books or quotes or anything that you, you said you affirmations, what's that? Yes. So I, I journal every morning and I have, I literally, a lot of times I write even the same things down. So I write affirmations, like, um, things always work out better than they expect. Um, what is for me will not pass over me. Um, I, I, a really good book that I love, and I don't know if it's kid friendly. I mean, I'm sure I don't, as far as like the level, but Atomic Habits is an awesome book. It just talks about like starting to implement little habits and that, you know, how they compound and things like that. Um, Brandon Bruchard, I love his books. I don't know. I'm just, I love all kinds of um, kind of personal development books right now. I'm reading this is probably way beyond kids, but the 21 irrefutable laws of leadership. Yeah, I saw that. That's a John good. John Maxwell. I know that's yes. John Maxwell. John Maxwell. Yeah. He but has I like a hundred books or something. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, it's just like, I think just picking up some books that aren't, that are valuable that you'll get, you know, obviously if you like to read for enjoyment, read for enjoyment, but this, I mean, for me, I love reading these kind of books. I, yeah, they're enjoy it. They're enjoyable for me. Um, you'd probably have a better idea as far as like kid books. I know I reached out to you about getting a couple yeah. for life too, but I mean, I don't think it's ever too young to start no. talking to your kids about mindset and, um, you know, setting goals and things like that. My, my 
almost six-year-olds in karate and they talk about mindset and karate. It's kind yeah. of cool. Yeah, um, that's awesome. But yeah. Yeah. I think a great, I, did I tell you about the boy, the mole, the fox and the horse book? Yes. That's a great one. I had one of my friends read it. He's 49 years old and he read it last night. We were sitting there and I was like, just, I was working on the computer. I said, just read this like real quick. And he didn't think he'd get through the whole thing, but he's like, wow, he just goes, this is really good. This is really good. You know, I was like, there's a lot of perspective in this, but it's a picture book, but it's all about life. And it's something that I had um, when we were in Arizona, my best friend's dad's little girl is like six years old and kind of in a different situation, you know, just split home type deal. And um, we were sitting there reading it and like the things that she was picking up from it for her mindset, she's like, oh, I do need to be nicer to people, you know, and like just the way that it frames it and stuff is it's for like 40 pages. It's a picture book. There's no more than 30 words per page. So everybody can read it, but that's a great place to start too. Yeah. So I might have to get that one. Yeah. It's fun. I reread it on a regular, like I carry it around with me everywhere I go in my backpack because I think I like, I just like last night, I just handed it to him. I was like, check this out. See what you think. So, it awesome well do you have any last things that you would like to share well I think for for all you kids listening I know it's not always easy to listen to your parents and the people around you and maybe some of them you shouldn't but I think just <laughs> <laughs> I think just be open to learning new things um you know mm-hmm. keep your opportunities open and your mindset open and start thinking about the things that you really want to come into your life and they eventually will. Yes. I love it. Awesome. Well, thank you very much for being on the podcast. Thanks for having me. Thank you for tuning in to the Rodeo Kids podcast. We appreciate you more than you know. Our mission is to empower youth and families in the Western industry to be the best versions of themselves inside and outside of the arena with the values and traditions that we learn in the Western lifestyle. We also want to encourage you to invite others in. This is a wonderful lifestyle. The things that we learn are so applicable to everyday life through our animals, through the experiences, through the rodeo family, and we want to see it continue to grow. So tell a friend, tell a neighbor, tell somebody at school, tell a stranger, and have them head on over to rodeokids.com and check out the videos page. Invite them to listen to the podcast or to tune in to one of our monthly rodeokids.com Zooms. Our next one is with Miss Rodeo America, and that will be on Sunday, April 24th at 6 p.m. Central Time. Our monthly Zooms are the last Sunday of every month, and those are great for everybody, whether you are embedded in the industry since birth or you're just getting started. Those people, our guests, are there to answer your questions and give you some guidance and help you learn how to be successful in this industry through their experiences. So that's an awesome opportunity, and just invite them to your local rodeo. Invite them to come practice. Invite them to ride a horse for the first time or sit on a bucking machine or a practice bowl or whatever you can do just to get people started and to keep this industry growing because we love it and we want to see it continue to go. So check all that out on rodeokids.com. And don't forget to tune in to our weekly podcast. Next week, we'll be with Caleb Smith, three-time world champion tie-down roper. Everybody, thank you. Good luck. Safe travels. God, happy Easter. And don't forget to share.